This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Welcome to episode 209 of The Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. And on the Apple Podcast app. Man, today's a tough one because we're going to talk about the passing of an icon. And that word is used so much now to describe so many people, largely in sports, in media, or in entertainment. But not used enough to describe people who have an actual hands-on impact on the lives of the people around her Sadie Roberts Joseph she was authentically Baton Rouge but she was actually born to parents of Woodville Mississippi 75 years young and the number of people and the ways in which she impacted those people would take us forever to explain I personally met her at a community event and was just impressed with her warmth. And one of the other things that stood out to me was her name, Sadie, because that's a very, very special name to me. The Baton Rouge African American Museum is a treasure for this city, but even more so now in the aftermath of her passing. In the days since then, I have spoken with people of all races, people in different parts of the country, and they all have the same general thought or emotion about this. Anger that someone would take her life and a feeling of familial love for her because of how she treated people. They knew someone, if they didn't know her, they knew someone who knew her and no one has anything bad to say about Sadie Roberts Joseph. I'm going to talk about her with someone who, in my opinion, is also an impact player as it relates to helping people. And that is Jeff LaDuff, who is a retired Baton Rouge police officer. He retired as the chief of the Baton Rouge Police Department. He will be with me in studio momentarily. And then we're going to talk about Hurricane Barry, a most peculiar storm that started over land and then became a hurricane after going into the Gulf. Is this a new trend? Is it an anomaly? What is the story? Jay Grimes, chief meteorologist for WAFB-TV, will also be in the podcast 225 Studio. A quick bit of business about the part two on the OJ saga. Uh, had we scheduled it for this week, I would have pushed it back. Well, we, well let me go back. We, it was, we were going to try to do it this week, but Detective Lang, as I mentioned to you in episode 208, 
suffered an injury, and he is still on the mend as we speak. But as I was getting ready to say, even if we had scheduled it, I, I would have likely waited another week so that we can honor this terrific lady. She taught us more than we knew. And the sad irony is people are paying her the tribute that she would never have asked for, certainly wouldn't have been looking for, but most assuredly deserves. Sadie Roberts Joseph. The best of who people can be. And we're going to talk about her. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodri. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225. iTunes and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. This is the Clay Young Show. Back with retired Baton Rouge Police Department Chief Jeff LaDuff, one of the best friends I've ever had. We talk all the time and, you know, this is one of the, well, maybe the most somber of occasions to get together to be on the podcast, man. I, I would agree. Because we're talking about the passing of Miss Sadie Roberts Joseph, and as we are recording this episode of the show, her funeral services are in about five, four days, and it was a tragic, tragic blow. I talked in the open about how I learned about her passing, and uh, and I'll just ask you right out of the shoot, how'd you hear about it? Because I know what your I, I believe I know what your reaction is. You can explain that, but how'd you hear about I, it? I got a call from one of the guys, okay, and uh, they told me that the the news story and the body found uh, was uh, was Mercedes mm-hmm. and uh, just impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't. Uh, you know, the last time we had a conversation like this was in you know 2016 yeah. after the shooting, right? Uh, here in Baton Rouge and then now to be back for those who saw the story right and I've had clients call me from Mm -hmm. around the country Mm -hmm. and they said man that must have been a wonderful lady did you know her I said absolutely I think everybody knows my safety (laughs) in this community and uh, you know to to be able to relate some of the stories and for me Clay that was a little bitty lady yeah she was barely five feet tall. Barely five feet tall. Yeah. Then, you yep. know, yep. just a big presence, mm-hmm. though. Uh, you know, I've heard the word icon yeah. used yeah. by so many different people. Yeah. Uh, from, you know, top lawmakers in this country sure. down to people on the sure. street. Sure, sure. And she, she And all over is. national media. All over national media. That's how she was referred to. And, She's and, an and icon. I, I wanted you to tell 
so I'm gonna, there's something I'm going to come back to because you gave perspective on this that I had not thought about. I mean, I, I guess I probably wouldn't have put those two things together. And it's about why the national media was able to get here so fast. But we'll come back to that because, mm-hmm. you know, in the, the, the I wanted to go back to how you know her. So if, if you're not from Baton Rouge, this may not make sense. But the old Baton Rouge Police Department headquarters yeah. used to be right in front of where yes. her museum is. Exactly. I mean, we were neighbors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one story I'd like to tell. Uh, uh, in August of uh, 2005, right mm-hmm. before Katrina, right. I had three officers shot. Right. Uh, one was critical, one was, you know, severe, mm-hmm. and one was killed. Okay. And... Uh, it happened late in the afternoon, so there's so much you have to do. I have two guys in two different hospitals. I'm dealing with a family because they've lost a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was killed. And uh, so we didn't get around to having a press conference until like 8.30, quarter to 9 that night. You know, we invited the media into our conference room, and we stood there, and uh, we gave them the details of the shooting. Mm-hmm. And we finished with the media, you know, after about 30, 40 minutes. And then me and my media staff, uh, my administrative staff, we sat and we talked a little bit more about things that we need to do right away. So we didn't get out till 10, 10 something that night. And in the parking lot, waiting for me to come out that door was Miss Sadie. She had waited all that time because she wanted to simply say, how sorry she was, and she wanted to give me a hug. You know, look, I, I got chills, <laughs> wow. man. And, uh, and the second most pointed moment with Miss Sadie was in 2010. My brother-in-law was murdered, mm-hmm. uh, Labor Day weekend of 2010. And when the word hit the media, outside of the department that was working, my, my department, uh, I never went, right? Mm-hmm. So I stayed, once I found out, I never made it to that crime scene, which is unusual because I went to just about all of them. But circumstances didn't permit me to go. And then I was in. I found out that it was my brother-in-law that was murdered. And then it finally hit the news and they made the connection. And the first person outside of law enforcement or the DA's office to contact me was Miss Sadie. <laughs> she called me and she she said I wanted to just offer my condolences for your family because we fight so hard yeah. against violence. Yep. And uh and that was her that was her that was her who she was. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know her, let me say this, Clay. She had an innate ability. I've never met there's only one other person that I've met in my life in these sixty three years mm-hmm. that had this ability, and that was my mother. Her innate ability was she smiled while she was holding a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a God-given mm-hmm. blessing, y'all. And let me tell you, to be able to hold a full conversation mm-hmm. and never lose mm-hmm. that smile, for me... She radiated happiness. She radiated happiness. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere about her, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I could just, I, you know, talking about her, I see that face. Yeah, man. And, and that smile. I just, I remembered the first time I saw her, it was at some community event... And she introduced herself. She was always, I don't know that I've ever seen her not in traditional African wear. And 
she came over and introduced herself. She she knew who I was. We chatted for a little bit. And then the next time she was calling my office because she had a way about her. Mr. Young, this is Sadie Roberts <laughs> Joseph, you know, uh, on the voice message. Yeah. And I wish I still had some of those and asking me to come to something. And I went right. and I just always remembered how she treated everyone like they were family. She treated everyone like everyone. she cared. When she was talking to you, because she had a thing where she would hold your hand sometimes when she was talking to you. Yeah. And because she needed your attention, but she also wanted you to know you had hers. And I think we are so consumed now with all of the negativity and the toxicity in the air and on social media and in, and in politics and all of that aside that I think we sometimes lose the motivation to value people like her. And I guess that why it, hurt, why it hurts so much because, you know, I've been to the museum, but I don't think I went enough. Right. I, I didn't, I knew about her and we, and, and I helped her with things, but maybe I could have called her a little bit more because you don't know how much time you have. Exactly. And, and I think that the, the irony and it's sad, Jeff, the irony is She's getting all of this attention that is so well deserved and is not physically here to enjoy it. That I'm, makes me so sad. Know, I think her daughter at the press conference the other day said it best that everything she fought for in life has been realized mm -hmm. in her death. You know, I mean, it shouldn't have to be that way. Though. It shouldn't. For, uh, and listen, I I know Miss Sadie had to know how much she was loved in this community. I hope she does. I, I hope she I, did. I, I know she had to know that. Yeah. Because I, I just, if you look at the hundreds of different pictures that's been shown of Miss mm -hmm. Sadie, I bet you the pictures with a smile on her face will outnumber the ones where No question. A hundred to no one. No question. No question. I think, yeah, so the African American Museum and it, it's kind of in mid-city, really, if, if, if you think oh. about it. The, you know, mid city, bottom uh, part of North Baton Rouge. You know, Beauregard, town. Beauregard town. Yeah, uh, it, it, for those familiar with with Baton Rouge, and when she would have events there, one of the things that that I've enjoyed in watching these video tributes are there are a couple of them showing her interacting not just with people but with children, the kids. I just, I, I you know. We talk, you and I have talked a lot about violence. We give a lot of our own time and a lot of our own money to try to do something about it. We do. We're both on the board of truce. You're the board president. And we spend a lot of time in the community to avoid this because this was a theft. I heard you say this before. This was a theft. This was a theft. We didn't lose. She was stolen. She was stolen. She was stolen. I didn't even know she was 75 until after this happened. Right. There's no way you could meet her no, and, and think about not with that energy. No, man. with man. Not with her energy. You know? But go back to that point about her being her being stolen from us. Well, you know, for me, someone as near and dear to this community as Miss Sadie deserved the right to see all of her dreams to fruition. Mm -hmm. And she deserved the right to grow old mm -hmm. and die in that embrace of her family. On her own terms. On her, on yeah. her terms. Yeah. And 
when when you hear the story, I I just keep replaying a a a, a body was found in a truck. <laughs> yeah, man, that that oh my god, that's so horrible. It's, she man, was stolen. She was stolen Thursday night before her murder. I was at an event with a lady who the last time I saw her was at uh, one of the celebrations at the African-American museums. I don't think it was a Juneteenth celebration. I think it was a black history month thing. And the lady sang the anthem. She's the same lady who used to sing the jingle for the Jerry Lane commercials. And so we talked about Miss Sadie Roberts, Joseph. And so we kind of talked about that and, and then, you know, it's over with the next day because, you know, it was the Friday. So everybody's in hurricane prep mode. I'm running around trying to get business done doing that. And you hear about the body of a woman found in the trunk of a car. I thought it was sad. But in 2019, you kind of numb to headlines like that. And then on Saturday morning, I learned who it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember where I was. And I just remembered the feeling of disgust it like it fills your throat it's almost like you're about to throw up the disgust and then anger because anger. the first thing was now who would do that to this woman just it's it's unfathomable yeah for and i know that people around the country who who hear this and, and there's someone in your community to make you understand who miss sadie was you go out and you find that person who's involved in nothing but positive. Mm-hmm. You find that person whom the media goes to right. when they need that right, right sound bite. Right. You go out and you find that other person who has this godly, this this spiritual being about her. She was it. a mother or a grandmother to everybody if, she met. And then you combined all those people in yeah. your community yeah. and they may get close yeah. to being who Miss Sadie yeah. was for yeah. us. It's and and I guess it, man, we didn't get it at the time though. And and that's the thing. We get it, but we didn't get it. like you and I knew her, yeah. but we didn't get it. When you look back, you're thinking, man, it was too soon. There yeah. was still more to be there was more to do. Oh, there was more for her. And I think that, that you're more. right. You know, her daughter is right that in death, her her impact on this community has been magnified a thousandfold. But you know, Clay, in our communities around America, we have these tra- tra- tragic events, and we don't capitalize. Mm-hmm. You you can't let somebody like Miss Miss Sadie meet the fate that she yeah. did, yeah. and we not become emboldened and no empowered. No question. And and, and no make question. strides. Just in for her behalf, on her behalf. Yep, we have to. Yep, we have to. We can't let the African American Museum go. We can't let Cadab go. We can't let what she does at Port Hudson go. We can't let any of those things go. Got to travel. The number of children that she's educating because her thing was education, education, education. Know your history, so you know your direction. It's funny. I've had I had this conversation. I did a, a, a thing with a news reporter, and we talked about her impact. So she spent a lot of time immersed in American, African and African American culture. Those two things are different. If, if you know what I mean, because she, ta- she was, you know, she taught the history 
of people of color in America. And then she taught the history of people of color in Africa and, and kind of tried to marry some of the traditions, some of the tribal rituals and things that you would learn. And you talk to her, she would tell you about that. She did that in a climate that we live in now. And people of all ethnicities loved her. Accepted it. And 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 they because they didn't view her or what she was doing as in any way divisive. Right. And since this happened, I have been all over this community and have had people ask me about her. I was in the gym this morning and a guy, you know, just as I'm getting in there, we've had a 10 minute conversation about her. And that to me is special. It just proves it can be done. Right. That people can be who they are and not push people away. And exactly. and and I think that's so what you said is we can't let this be a, a, a ripple in the water and we no. forget in no. a month. No. no, no, because it's too important. You know, I just I let's talk about and I know this is this is tough to do, but the day that this happened and we can talk about what's already out there in, in, in the public now mm-hmm. that she was going to engage this guy won't say his name who was in one of her rental properties and some kind of, and I I even hesitate to say altercation because I just can't see her being somebody to motivate that, even though she was tough now, but this happens and he takes her life. When you found out the details of how it went down, What'd you think? Well, and, you know, I'm only speculating because I sure. don't know the details. Sure, sure. The department is, and, and, and the DA's office, sure. rightfully so. Right. There's still an ongoing investigation. So, but I, you can draw your own visual mm-hmm. pictures from experience. Mm-hmm. And I've been at a lot mm-hmm. of these crime scenes. And, you know, to hear that she was asphyxiated. Choked to death. Choked to death. I, I mean... She was tiny. Yeah. She was a little bitty person. Yep. And to have this great big man do. Well, I don't know that and, I would use then, the word man. but Well, yeah, that person. Let, yeah. Let's just say that. Uh, and then pick her up. And I think that he knew the reality of his actions hit him. And he knew he couldn't leave her on the street mm-hmm. because too many people knew her. Mm-hmm. And I think deep down inside, as a human being, you got to know that what you just did is going to, it's now affected an entire country. Mm-hmm. People from all over the country all know who over Ms. the country. Mercedes is. Yep. And I, he had to think somewhere in there, my God, I can't leave this lady after what I've just done. And he picked her up and he put her body in the trunk of a car. Clay, there's no words to describe the the evil that lies within a person like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. but look at his past crimes. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. Yeah. Uh, th- you know, but here she is again. Yeah. It just tells a story. She's given this guy right, right, even with his history, right. She's doing what that mother of the neighbor mm-hmm. of, of this community did. 
that matriarch that we all mm-hmm. knew, mm-hmm. she's extending a hand right. to somebody who's had difficulties in life. He was $1,200 in the rear. First that's of all, a that's, a, that's a tiny amount of money, but it just goes to show you are that far behind and you're still there. And it tells you about Miss Sadie. No question. No you know? question. Man, if somebody owes me $22, <laughs> yeah, I'm, we got I'm, a problem. I want to collect. We yeah, got a problem. Know, we got a I problem. want my money. Yeah. But here she is. She knows he's two, three, maybe, I don't yeah. know how many months, three yeah. months, I think, was reported in, in the media, behind on his rent. Mm-hmm. And and she's going to give a courtesy call. Hey, I can hear the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear it. Ha, ha, you know, just checking. Yeah. You know, I just, I was wanting yep. to check. You know, we have to get this straight in some yeah. way or another. Yeah. You know, that little calm bar, and I can see her smiling. Yeah. at that man, that's what picture I have in my head. Yep, she's Every smiling time. at him, Clay. She's talking and smiling with that smile that she possesses. I've never seen her frown. I've never heard her upset, and that's what everybody says. They've never seen her in a bad mood. That is the 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 mental strength. Well, I can tell you what to get her angry. If you say you're gonna be somewhere and you're not there, I wouldn't want to be on the end of that. You know, one thing, Miss Sadie was persistent. Yes, you know, she, no, no, no. If she called and asked me to do something, and I said I was gonna do it, I would get at least two more calls to confirm she, I was gonna be there, and would be looking for me to make certain that I was there you know chief i'm having this event i said miss sadie i know i heard about it I, i've already penciled you in because you, you know number one you didn't want to say no but number two you couldn't, you say, couldn't no. say no <laughs> you know oh uh, my god just wow just uh it, it's we've had some trauma in our oh, community man you know a lot of stuff. July has been a wicked month, uh, you know, here. July yeah. and August both have not been uh, good months. I mean, you're talking about, the, you know, Terry's yeah. death and, the and Katrina, and was, in the Katrina August, was in August. I think the shootings, the shootings, the shootings were in July, but the flood was in August. So right. J- July and August have, you know, we owe oh, those months. Those are busy, yeah. you know, that's yeah. busy times of the year. For we us. don't owe those months anything. All we, they've done no, is taken. They have taken from us. And, and I think for her, for those of y'all who are listening and you didn't know her and you see all this love about her, the best lesson that I think she taught of us is to try to be kind just that simple that's what we're missing i mean Mm -hmm. if you look at the rhetoric you know national rhetoric Mm -hmm. that we're hearing and you know from all sides sure i'm not pointing the finger right 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 simply we have to take time from the bs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and put our finger on somebody and say i love you Make it matter. I've said this, and I will say it again. We, and Miss Sadie just proves what what I what I said a couple of months back. We're not that different. Nope. Why can we love and trauma? Right. Why can we have all this admiration now? Why could so many people show up and, and will show up mm-hmm. for her services? Of it's going to be a human. It's going to be a, rain, a, rainbow a, a rainbow of people. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's but, so beautiful too, man. Yeah, but why can't we do that every day? But that is the best tribute that we can pay to her is to have all kinds of people show up and be there to just say thank you. 
That's it. That's it. She's, uh, I don't know. Our community lost a leader, um, somebody who lived her life. And I don't know Miss Sadie's personal life. No, I, no, nor to, do I. No. I know her yeah. public. Life. I know, I, yeah, and 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 from my interactions with her in that capacity, I but, just can't. Yeah. I can't see anybody ever coming up and and getting a platform and say, "Let me tell you this negative story." Well, let me tell you something. Person. In the world we live in now, that hap- that would have happened already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tomorrow will be a week. That would right. have happened. You know right. how people are. That right. would have definitely. No. Pe- People like that can't help themselves because even if you have that story, you keep that to you yourself. keep that to yourself. See, but that's a different animal we have yeah, right now. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. Nobody coming with that. I think it would have come out by now. I don't think that it exists, and quite frankly, I, I a I don't care. B I don't believe it. I just I I'm I know that it's hard for somebody over years to keep an act like that up and never crack. You know, I just don't. I believe that's who she was. She is. It's no act. And man, she's genuine, man. We were, you can't smile and talk no, at the same no, time no. if you're faking it. Listen, we are blessed to have both, and like, and and countless others can say this. So you can all count yourself into this number to say that not only you have met, but you have been hugged by that woman. Oh, I've been hugged. I've been hugged. Now I had to bend down to hug. No, no, that's right. That's right. That's right. And she'll stand next to you with her arm around oh, your yeah. waist and oh, just, yeah. and, and just, I just think that she was special and we didn't realize how much. I mean, a week ago today, well, I, I, I'll go back further than that. She was on my radar Thursday before because of what, but before then, she wasn't on my direct radar. You're just doing right. what you're doing with life. And that's not a bad thing for anybody. You're living your right. life. But I do think we should spend a lot more time focusing on people like that who build. Find them in your community, yeah, and support them, yeah. Because we don't we don't have a, a a calendar. We don't know how much time we have with them. But those people who are genuine in your communities, those people who are doing the right things in your community, and then support them because they can be taken away from you and stolen, just mm-hmm. like Miss Sadie was stolen from us. Man, I tell people, if you take that five minutes you took to write something about your hater on social media and use it to call somebody that you care about that you hadn't heard from in a while, you'll feel a lot better about yourself and the yeah. world around you. Yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about haters. Who cares? Who cares? It just it doesn't matter. It doesn't consume. If somebody, it just it doesn't look. Man, I'd rather spend time like we do, uh, cutting up on the phone, yeah. and conversations that even on a podcast we couldn't have. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, it would be bad. Yeah. But but I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about this lady and her contributions to to this community. And you know, I'm gonna share something, man. Uh, and I I I. I I struggle with this and I know it probably people notice it. The first Miss Sadie in my life was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I called her Miss Sadie. I didn't call her grandma, mama, Mima. Wow. I called her Miss Sadie. And anybody who knows me, they know that she is the greatest person I have ever had in my life. No person can surpass her on earth in terms of what she has meant. You know, obviously, my wife and my children op- occupy an entire different category. But, you know, and, and, and you, but in terms of 
the gravitas and largesse of who she was to me, I just, I, I can't even put it into words. For that reason, I can't call somebody else Miss Sadie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't. And I either refer to her by her full name or Miss Roberts Joseph. And understand, that's no, that's nothing against her. Mm-hmm. It's just, I... I soaked up every moment I could get with my grandmother. Right. And we don't li- we didn't live in the same town when she was alive. But I made it my business to talk to her every day. And and I say that to say that it when when she finally died. I'm going to tell you and and I never do this. So so personal stories like I don't put I don't talk about my personal life on my podcast. I don't put it out socially, but I want to tell you about the, um, the last time we had a conversation, she was a diabetic and she would get dialysis three times a week. And she had gotten to the point where she didn't have the strength and the process had so far, far gone with her kidneys that she couldn't do dialysis. And so we had a conversation with the people about that. And I went to see her on a Friday now, her last treatment in the house was on Thursday. And she would often have long periods of not opening her eyes, not talking to anybody. And so I'm walking into her room and I'm focused on her. And I, I spoke to someone and her, she opens her eyes. And the strength of her personality, <laughs> and this is talking about a Miss Sadie, and I go around to the side of her bed and uh, she had a customary greeting. I'm trying to tell this story and get through this story and, and, and maintain my emotions and not just, you know. Uh, and I asked her how she was. Same, you know, answer. I'm fine, baby. <laughs> and uh, she says, I think I'm about to meet that man if you're of a certain age and and you get it she said i think i'm about to meet that man and uh so i'm kind of leaned down talking to her and i said well miss sadie are you okay with that and she said well not really i said well i'll see you tomorrow and she was there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. In fact, she lived seven days mm-hmm. without dialysis with a non, basically a mm-hmm. non-functioning kidney. And she left on her terms. Mm-hmm. This lady deserved the same thing. Clay, I'm going to ask Baton Rouge I, I, because the rest of the world knows her story, mm-hmm. but they don't know the lady. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, She's a lady. Mm-hmm. That's man. Look, that's that was a lady. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you couldn't talk to her without saying yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, that's right. You know, because she was just a lady. Mm-hmm. But Baton Rouge needs to have conversations about peace. Mm-hmm. We need to talk to our young men, <laughs> our young black men. Yeah. And they need to know Miss Sadie's mission. Mm-hmm. 
and what she lived for and what she dedicated those 75 years to. Yeah. And maybe they'll put down the guns. Yeah. I think that. If we catch one of them, it's worth it. it, it, it if just, one of them, if yeah. one of them lays down a gun, it was worth it. I think that will be a marvelous mm-hmm. tribute to a lady who lived a life for peace mm-hmm. and anti-violence yeah. and education and embedment and empowerment yeah. of everybody, you know? I think that it's time for us to stop and walk out your door, go to that neighbor you don't know, mm-hmm. knock on the door mm-hmm. and say, on behalf of Miss Sadie, mm-hmm. I'm going to extend this to you. I haven't done it because it's the neighbor. It would have been the right thing to do, but I haven't talked to you since you moved in. Mm -hmm. But on behalf of Miss Sadie, let's have a conversation Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. If you can't do it for Miss Sadie, it's something wrong with you. We have to carry on what she stood for, and that was for loving one another. Brother, I appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime, always. I've never told a personal story like that before. Well, good. And I think it, this was this, the right circumstance. You know, and we carry that stuff, Yeah, man. we do. You know, and, and, you know, when things like this happen, mm. you think about. Oh, I, sure. I had a Miss Sadie that oh, lived yeah. down the street yeah. when I was a little boy. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about, you know, when you're hearing that name, yeah. you start thinking about. All those folks that that had a part in, in for me, in, I thought there'd only always be one, and she still is in a category. She's in a room that nobody else can get into, but but the the area just outside of that room is where Miss Sadie Roberts she's in the Joseph is. She's she's in there, and so all right, let's lighten it up just a little bit and have a conversation with Jay Grimes about the last seven days and the hurricane that wasn't. Or was it? Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, when you talk about the fiduciary rule and how it is going to impact people in their future, and they may not even know it, Kind of take us through what that is. Well, let me tell you about me. You know, 20 years ago, I was at the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so then it's somewhere around about 10 years ago, the Dodd-Frank Act came along, yeah. more regulation with the financial industry, and it made everybody's life worse. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, more paperwork doesn't help. More yeah. regulation doesn't help financial right. business. Right. But they took away products back then. And then so the last 10 years, I've had to say a good marriage with, uh, with firms. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, Department of Labor changed the laws again. Mm-hmm. And it's forced presidents to make the hard draw the line in the sand to take away products. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your person you're working with didn't take away options. The question is, what are they not telling you they're taking away? Wow. So if you don't know how it impacted you, I'll tell you what products they took away from you. Give me a call. It's an important phone call to make. You can find the number at brianlowfinancial.com. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Chief Meteorologist Jay Grimes at WAFB-TV, the CBS affiliate here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
fresh off of the aftermath of Hurricane Barry, I mean Hurricane Barry, uh, that is a very interesting story in and of itself. So first up, Bud, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. It's great to be here, Clay. And, uh, you know, you call it Hurricane Barely, but uh, there are some parishes that would argue that. Point. Well, and that's the thing. It's It's funny because... And and we'll work our way to yep. it. But Sunday for me was the worst of of anything that happened with with Hurricane Barry. Right. And then later that day and into Monday, west of where we're sitting now in Point Coupee Parish, man, they got hammered. That's right. Point Coupee of oils, and then there's a band that extends actually all the way back towards Lake Charles. Some yeah. double digit rain totals. In fact, uh, we dug out some of the numbers. Uh, uh, yesterday, the biggest number we found is almost 24 inches, about uh, 20 miles north of Lake Charles. So let's start with this interesting storm. We were talking about this on the phone last week. Yep. Tell people about Barry because Barry didn't come off the coast of Africa or out of the Caribbean or some of these areas where these things can start as an invest or something. Right. This one right. was different. What about? Yeah, the- this one's very different. In fact, uh, the the real gurus are tracing it all the way back to Missouri, a storm system that uh, formed over the U.S. as a cluster of thunderstorms tracked to the southeast. Uh, uh, We were kind of joking a little bit, if you could joke about these things, uh, that uh, as we were heading into the weekend, this was coming out of uh, Georgia. So some people are calling it the Dirty Bird uh, Hurricane. (laughs) uh, but it it shows us where some of the weather science has gotten that right. we can track a storm that far uh, ahead of its time in the Gulf of Mexico, and and I do want to point out to people that uh, yeah this is is extraordinarily uncommon, but it's not unheard of. In right. fact. In 97, Louisiana dealt with a hurricane named Danny yeah. that came off of Louisiana right. as a non-tropical system, sat over the warm water, flipped from a non-tropical to a tropical, and was a hurricane that hit uh, Plaquemines Parish, then went on off to uh, um, uh, Mobile Bay, where it dumped like 30 inches of rain. So these do occur. They're just pretty uncommon, no question about that. So in in one sense, you know, you sort of applaud the fact that the science is able to pick up on something over land right. eight days before it hits water right. and kind of pin it down. But then on the other side, the flip side, uh, when that storm came in here, all bets were off and, and the, the forecasts weren't. A total bust, but they were not uh, not what we expected. I don't think that the I don't count the forecasts as being busts at all. Uh, from my perspective, and I, and you know, Jay's a good friend. We've been friends for years, and I've told him this before. When he's talking about bad weather and predicting predicting it, I always hope he's wrong. <laughs> I tell you, I hope you're wrong every time. But in this regard, this isn't like saying. Like, as we sit and record this show today, looking out the window of the studio, I mean, it's sunny, okay? This isn't like saying tomorrow we're going to have an 80% probability of thunderstorms and that not happening. Right, right. This was different. This storm did go into the Gulf. This storm was going to come back and make landfall. There was what we call the cone of uncertainty. Right. And so, so much of this is... is, I mean, you're, you're, I hate to say the word, but you're guessing at what it's going to do because you can't predict what certain atmospheric, you know, things are going to do to change this one way or the other. So I don't really consider it a bust. I think it missed us, which is great, but 
I know that you deal with that, specifically with hurricanes. People say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, it's not the same as saying it's going to rain tomorrow and it doesn't rain. Is, is, that, is that fair? It's absolutely uh, fair. And, and, you know, one of the things that I try and remind people, we talk about a hurricane as a thing, but mm-hmm. it's got a bunch of moving parts. Right. And the question sometimes is really, how many of those moving parts do we get right? <laughs> how many do we get wrong? And the truth is, as you point out, you know, the track kind of nailed it Mm -hmm. the timing extraordinarily good the real bust for me for barry was not so much the amount of rain but how it arrived we we got to the right number the wrong way explain what you mean well if those folks that were out there following us and following basically everybody Mm -hmm. uh, in fact i think even some of the national news went over the top but we were looking (laughs) national news no man you know it happens occasionally but um uh, we, we were forecasting right up until landfall, double-digit rainfall right. for the Baton Rouge area and for much of southeast Louisiana. Well, for most of the area, that didn't materialize. And then... While, it did, just not here. Yeah, and the thing is that it didn't materialize until the system's up on the Arkansas-Missouri border. It's a couple hundred miles away, and that's when the big rains showed up. But, but that was a part of this, right? Well, it, the circulation was, right? Yeah. And, and as folks, most folks know, uh, so all all low-pressure systems and tropical systems included in that spin counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. So anytime we've got a storm to our north, it's going to tend to pull moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico to the north with it. And that's what happened with these big rainfall totals, most of which occurred on Monday. Double-digit rains that along a band that uh, stretched uh, from uh, essentially sort of centered in Marksville mm-hmm. back towards Lake Charles. And, and that's where we had that 24-inch total. But even these 10 to 15 inch rains much of that falling in under 18 hours and Mm -hmm. so for a lot of uh, uh, louisiana agriculture in that belt it was a disaster settle this for me finally which side of the hurricane is the bad side the worst side is typically the east side the east so the right side right side yeah Yeah. and and typically and and here again there's where the timing was a bust Uh, uh typically it's ahead of and to the right of Mm -hmm. the storm that we have the greatest tornado threat well that didn't materialize until sunday and it was after the storm had come in and then typically along the uh the eastern side that right side you have those big rains and the fact is yeah double digit rains in baton rouge for a storm that's cutting through acadiana that is a solid forecast anytime we're looking at a tropical system right it just didn't materialize and and uh You know, when we go back and we look at the forecast tools, we see that, uh, indeed, there were kind of two camps. Mm -hmm. One camp is sort of the traditional, uh, whether people call the global models. And people out there have gotten accustomed to this now. There's the American GFS and the the European uh, model. And uh, then there are some localized models that don't run out as far in terms of time, but have much higher resolution. I learned a hard lesson back in the August 2016 event where I kind of discounted the European model because I thought it was too high in terms of its rainfall. Well, it turns out it was actually too low. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So this go around, I leaned towards the 
the longer-term conventional models, which were saying 10 to 15 inches, uh-huh. and in fact, this time, the uh, the, the shorter-term high-resolution models probably handled our local yeah. rainfall better. Bottom line is, and going back to that point, there are lots of moving parts, and if we get half or most of them correct, we should at least get a, a thumbs up, no matter how it affected your neighborhood. I don't know, man. Like I said, I was, I was happy that we didn't have damage. I was happy that as I, unless you tell me otherwise, nobody died. As, as far as we know, the there are no, no, no deaths and no significant injuries. Right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, the way you want it. Oh, absolutely. Look, and, and, and I'm with you on this, uh, Clay. I, I'm too old for this <laughs> as Danny Glover would say. And, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I would be absolutely happy if I never had to work another tropical right. system. But this one, and so you talked about where this started. It started up in Missouri, and then it ends up through Georgia and then into the Gulf. You referenced earlier that this is this is only the second time it's happened in 22 years. So how often has it happened, let's say, in the last century? You know, that gets to be really tough to say because as we get farther back into the record books, our ability to backtrack systems mm-hmm. becomes more and more uh, limited. So uh, let's let's even say this might be the third or fourth one to hit Louisiana. Okay. I mean, it's just that rare. In the end, though, does it really matter? Nope. Exactly. So it doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't matter where it came from. It only matters that it came here. But but to this degree, though, let, with a slight nuance, right? Because of the ever shifting weather patterns that we are experiencing, all of the politics about climate change, global warming aside, I don't want to get into that. But I think we can all agree that we are either in another cycle of aggressive, unpredictable, atmospheric things or it's new. I don't know. We've talked about this a number of times. Let's take humans out of the equation at the start. What we do know is that the climate is always changing. Yeah. And a perfect example of this, uh, Barry is the fourth hurricane to hit Louisiana since 1851. But all four of those have been in the last 40 plus years. Wow. So so, uh, whether that's human or not, let's not even worry about that aspect right now. It's simply a sign that there is a change and and it's not not something that wasn't unanticipated. The climate is always changing. What do you mean when you say hit Louisiana for a hurricane? mean started in july oh in july or july hurricanes but all of them have been in the last uh, four decades basically so with all of the weather popping up the way that it is around the country with these crazy patterns is this an anomaly or the potential for more like this well if you mean is barry an anomaly no i mean it's just part of the equation now are we seeing more activity sooner in the season mm-hmm. uh, maybe so uh, something like uh, five of the last six seasons we've had named storms form before june 1st the quote official right. start of the season right so yeah they, we, we we certainly can't deny that there's been a change here the question is is it a permanent change or is it something that's going to last three decades, five decades, a century. And in reality, nobody knows. Now, a lot of folks will say, well, the water's getting warmer. That's the explanation. No, that's not really it. Water, Warm water is an important ingredient, but it's really about the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. If the 
air atmosphere above that warm water says, I'm not allowing this to develop. It's simply not going to develop. Well, you know, we're all armchair meteorologists, Jay. I mean, we hey. all sit down and think we know and we listen so you can validate what we think we know on television or you disagree with us and we tell everybody why you're wrong. Uh, well, People I, do that, right? I, <laughs> I, I, I get that. And we talked about that before. I don't go to Albertsons without no, my Teflon that, underwear. That, that's right. Somebody's going to take a shot. So let's do, let's, okay. let me ask you this. So when people hear hurricane season and, you know, that time of the year, obviously hurricanes, storms don't read calendars. They don't know June from January. Absolutely not. What are the conditions that dictate you saying this specific period from June 1 to November 30 is the season for tropical cyclones? Uh, it, that is in part driven by just the convenience of the calendar. Okay. June 1, November 30th. But if you look at the distribution of storms in the Atlantic basin over the course of that, over the course of the year for Mm -hmm. that matter, we, we see that uh, something like 70% of them come between August and the first week of October. Right. So there's the middle of the season. Right. Right. Now, do you want to declare 12 months of the year as hurricane season? One could argue. Yeah, because we've had tropical systems in every month of the year, but we're really just simply saying this is the hot spot, just okay. in the same way that here in Louisiana, flood season, believe it or not, is not <laughs> tropical season. Flood season is winter and spring. Interesting you bring that up. Oh, okay. June 6th of this year. Yep. We had a we had a what I would consider a typical South Louisiana rainstorm. One morning, I mean, it had been raining the day before, but that morning it was like somebody was standing over Louisiana with a keg of water and they were just pouring it. And I remember the date specifically because there was water in my neighborhood that I didn't have in 16. Yep. Yep. So what the heck is going on? That's just bad luck. You lift that up and you move it uh, 50 or 80 miles east or west. We're not having this conversation. Hmm. Bullseyes like that happen all year long. Right. Someplace especially in the south. I mean, right. just keep keep in mind folks, you've got this warm bathtub just on the south side of us, out <laughs> right. the back door. Right. It's ready to fuel the storm if the atmosphere says let's go. And with that June event, it wasn't statewide. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even all of South Louisiana. Oh, no. It was very localized. And it was specific to even just parts of Baton Rouge. Some right. areas didn't have it the same way. Because, I mean, you know, when you live in Baton Rouge, you could be on one side of town and it'd be absolutely storming. Right. And then drive 20 minutes and the sun's breaking through the clouds and it's not raining at all. So it's, it's but I'm used to it. I, I always wonder why people get so you know kind of wadded up in the in the unders because it's like it, it isn't isn't this kind of what we're used to every year with the exception of say uh an august of 2016 well yeah but even even that june date i mean that certainly is unusual and it all has to do with where does it fall mm-hmm. uh wad up wadded in the unders i might use that tonight at six so that would uh, be great yeah, okay just uh, give attribution okay right right <laughs> uh but uh uh, uh it, there, these kinds of bullseye events aren't as unusual as maybe we, we've made them out to be recently. They yeah. do seem to be a little more frequent. I won't deny oh, yeah, that. Yeah. But but I think we are. We have, there's a heightened level of awareness and a heightened level of fear driven largely by August 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still run into people who PTSD. honestly, yeah, who, who even just clouds. 
and their blood pressure PTSD. goes up 20 points. It's a real thing. I mean, I've yep. talked to the ladies on the waiting room just kind of about that. And, and it, it, but you get, that was traumatic. I mean, that, it's, it, it wasn't like we've experienced it before. I mean, in the last 20 years, we have had a lot of firsts for people. Well, it seems that way anyway. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, for people, you, know, you think about New Orleans flooding that really wasn't a Katrina issue as much as it was a levee issue. Right. And then 2016 happens here. And, you know, there are streets in Baton Rouge that barely hold water in a rainstorm that had eight feet of water above them. So it, it, we've never seen, has that ever, that's what you call it a thousand year flood. So a thousand year rain, Let, a thousand year rain. We need to make sure that so, we understand those are different. But, so uh, chances are with the exception of George sells, nobody was around long enough to, to, to see that. You know, I, I actually, Mike Graham was, but Mike Graham was absolutely around. Mike right. Graham was already driving a, a Corvette back then mike george we threw those in just for y'all yeah so yeah, yeah. so um now let's talk about the back end of this of, of this year because we're only a month and a half into the quote-unquote hurricane season what's your expectation well my expectation is is that you know the odds are they're not good and i say not good in that the sense that could we have another visitor a tropical visitor and the answer is uh, yes. Uh, keep in mind, number one, 80% of our Louisiana landfalls occur after August 1st. Mm-hmm. So we've had one here in July, and we're not into the heart of our season. Uh, number two, on average, one in six years, we get two visitors. Now, keep in mind, I'm talking about anywhere along the Louisiana coast. So it doesn't necessarily have to impact baton rouge Mm -hmm. or or your sort of core listeners but but anything that impacts any aspect of louisiana coast has an influence on the capital city and Mm -hmm. even if it's not raining here this becomes a haven for a lot of the coastal evacuees and you understand that i mean if i lived in homa or abbeville or erath and they're telling me i have to or i should evacuate and my option is North Louisiana or Baton Rouge. I know where I'm heading first. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I know you're laughing, but the bottom line yeah. is if you're one of those coastal communities, you don't want to be sent 200 miles right. to the north. Right. And so you're going to try and uh, uh, stay close to home. So our greater Baton Rouge area tends to swell yeah. with with uh, our, our visitors here. And, yeah. and one of the things I try and remind people is if you live here, just be patient with that. Know that it's going to happen. Sure. Make sure you've gone to the store. Yeah. Make sure the gas is oh, in man. the car so don't, that you don't have to deal with all that stuff. Don't even talk to me about the store and people... Uh, you know, with, with, with people, but you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So yeah. I don't really think this is that much of a big deal. What I'm about to ask about, cause it happens all the time. People are complaining about the heat. How, how abnormal is it to any other summer that we have? Not, not really. Uh, it, you know, I mean, it, we have had a run of days that have been a little bit hotter on the, on the temperature scale, mm-hmm. but look, heat index of a hundred, 105, it's called summer in South called Louisiana, summer. and you get used to it. Now, what's changed is we spend less and less and less and less time out in it. So that wa- <laughs> right. so, so that walk across the parking <laughs> right. lot right. is far more punishing than so, it was twenty years ago. So it's so funny you say that. I 
that's why I hesitate to complain because for me, I'm only experiencing it from my office to my vehicle and from wherever I'm going. I don't have the right to complain about the heat all day long. There are people who are out in it from sunup to the end of the day. They have the right to complain. We talk about police officers out there in vests and they got all that stuff on in that heat. If you're sitting in an office 90% of your day, I mean, come on, really? Hey, so, and you remember, there are still some folks out there that don't have air conditioning in their home. This They're is a true. small number. This is true. They tend to be the poor and the elderly. Yeah. Those are the people yeah. that are suffering. Now, on the flip side... Believe it or not, they're better prepared for it than you and I are oh, because sure. been dealing with they it. live with it day to day to day. So let me tell you the best medicine I had for complaining about Louisiana heat. And I mean, once you have this medicine, it fixes you for life. Go to Phoenix in June. One day. That's all you need. My fix is six feet of snow in Wisconsin. That'll cure you. No, I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass. You know, when, when and the, the last thing I'll ask you, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Good deal. Right now, with the technology that exists for people, like I've got about three or four weather apps on my phone. I got them on the iPad. Right. And there is so much information. And I typically lean towards the radars, right? Because, you know, a lot of things can change. But, you know, it'll approximate where you are and then the radar will tell you what's happening around you. That is right more often than it's wrong. Oh, the radar is right. It's telling you what's happening. And then all the what you do is and is look at it and see this storm is moving east at X miles per hour. Chances are it's going to roll over top of me. Look, the apps that are available today are magnificent. Right. The one place that I will caution your listeners to think about is when you go to the forecast, not for the next hours, mm-hmm. but the next couple of days. I don't trust those. And there's two kinds of apps there. There's one that is purely automated. It is just simply spitting out the output of a computer. Ah. Then there are others, Channel 9, that <laughs> WHB, that we actually go in and uh, storm team and go in and we tweak those numbers to match our forecast. And so, WAFD. So, <laughs> when we do that, what you're looking at on the app is really a better estimate of what we think is going to happen. It's not purely a right. weather model that is what you get with most of the apps. <laughs> Whose app is that again? WAFD. Okay. Storm I, Team. I, Jay Grimes. I caught that. Okay. Hey, how about my man, Jeff Morrow, for uh, the job he did during the tornado? That dude talked 45 straight minutes and didn't repeat himself. And that was some impressive television right there man jeff uh, just uh, took it to a whole nother level and I, in fact I, I told him i told my management and i'll tell all your listeners what he did with the tools that morning was smoother than i could have ever have done right and, and but most importantly two things he told the story yep he kept his cool. Yep. And those are the two things. If I'm sitting at home, I don't need hype. He'd have pissed me off. Because, I mean, this is a serious thing. You're talking, dude, just give it to me. Tell me what's going on. Right. And that's what he did. He stayed even keeled the entire way. And even I have a difficult time with that. So I, I applaud You him hyping that. things? For that. Well, it's Please. Not, when do you hype stuff? Um, what happens with me is I go up at about two octaves. <laughs> and I get a little bit louder. Suddenly they can hear me across the street. But, but the other thing I want to say is that for those of you that are watching Jeff closely, do you remember that 
he actually called two tornado warnings before they were issued by the National Weather Service. He said, this one will be worn storm. Wow. A couple minutes later, bang, it's warmed. He, and so Jeff really is a talented, he's a, uh, uh, he is a integral part of our team. Uh, look, I, I'm lucky. I've got four people that, uh, in fact, the three of them, Diane Deaton, Dr. Steve Caparata, and Jeff Morrow, believe it or not, all have as much or more full-time experience in television than I do. Well, that's so, because you came into it a little later well, in the game. But the point is, we're delivering 100 years worth of experience yeah. on TV. Yeah. And I think that does... Uh, and yeah, Could I be biased? No, but... but Could you be biased uh, towards what? Uh, towards us. But I think we, we are the... <laughs> Did you uh, seriously just ask yourself that question out loud? <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? You know? Because nobody out there will think of it. I'm biased. Bottom line is, I, I really do think that uh, for our community, we are uh, as good as it gets. And in fact, I would put our four people up against just about any team in the South. Look, it was it was very good. Like I said, the the that Sunday morning, because I was up early that Sunday morning. I mean, before six, and just I don't know, just up moving around, and it was it was darker than it normally is and had that feel man and and so i had it on and he's talking about it and it was and it was prominently it began over the side of town where my house is and i'm thinking man and then you walk outside and you look at the sky and you go okay well this could this could be something bad and fortunately they didn't have any damage but people had video of now they couldn't differentiate between low storm clouds and funnel clouds because I think uh, Steve was talking about that a little. Well, bit. radar can't. And, and no, no, no. I mean the video people well, sent y'all. Yeah, one of the things here that we have a problem we have in South Louisiana is we've got trees everywhere. Yeah. So you really can't see what's on the ground unless it's fifty yards away. Right. You certainly don't want that. Right. So uh, even when you get the video from uh, folks from around the community, and, sure. and thank you, folks, for sending that because in many cases that simply reinforced Jeff's story. Mm -hmm. But but the bottom line is uh, we have two kinds of tornadoes. One is that you can't see them because of the trees. And right. then number two, many of them are rain-wrapped. In other words, there's a rain shield that uh, keeps us from being able to... Well, that, he said that a few times. Yep. It, it, describe that. Well, I mean, it's, it's pouring buckets. And so the opportunity to see the funnel becomes greatly reduced simply because you can't see through the rain. I've never experienced a tornado, knock on wood. Amen. So I did not know that they happen while rain is happening. I always thought that they happen when it isn't raining. No, that's you. Thanks that uh, for Kansas and Hollywood for that perception <laughs> that, you know, we're always going to see this big wedge that uh, we can see it from uh, 40 miles out and we can be yeah. prepared. No, here with our trees really blocking our view and then the rain associated with those thunderstorms and the fact that our tornadoes tend to be short lived tornadoes. Yeah. They drop down, they hit and then they dissipate. And and in many cases, the radar, especially for our area, has a difficult to impossible time picking up those quick hitters. Mm -hmm. So we miss them frequently. We were very lucky on Sunday because there were some impressive radar signatures that apparently did not turn into touchdowns. But certainly it. must have been. And we've seen the video. I mean, there yeah. were some really uh, awesome looking funnels but yeah. fortunately they had either they hit in unpopulated areas mm -hmm. or they maybe never quite made it to the ground i'm and good we'll with, take that. with that no I'm, I'm good yeah. Yeah. jay thank you bud i thank appreciate you, it I appreciate it 
Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. This is the Clay Young Show. Special thanks to Chief Laduff and Jay Grimes for coming in and spending some time with me talking about two forces of nature, one of the human variety and the other of the atmospheric. And the first force of nature that we talked about, unlike the second, will be on our minds and our hearts for years and years to come. It's been great. Uh, you know, I've, I've never really, I never really share personal stuff about myself or my, I just, it's just kind of not my thing. And the point still stands. I wish she would have had the chance to go out on her own terms. And, and there are a lot of, I'm sure there can be a lot of spiritual reflections on whether or not people agree or disagree with me on that. But I just I don't see the value in someone losing their life this way. Just especially someone who has done nothing but work to build others up and give others the capacity to build for themselves. And so she will definitely be missed. So au revoir, Miss Sadie Roberts, Joseph. Rest in heaven. And until episode 210, thank you for being with us on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.